Pierre Maguire from NBC Sports. Of course, you know that by now. Uh, he's brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment, by UMass Online, and by Clark Chrysler Jeep. And he joins us here on the AT&T Hotline. Pierre, I'll say it out up front. For a game one with both teams having some sort of layoff, I was surprised at how well that game was played overall and the back and forth we saw in that game. Did it take you back that it was played at that sort of level in the first of uh, what I think is going to be a seven-game series? I was really surprised, Mike. Good to visit with you. Hello, Lou. I was hey, really man. surprised at the caliber of play. Uh, and that speaks well of a fantastic seven-game series, hopefully, um, because the caliber of play was as good as any I've seen this playoff season. And I've been around a lot. Tonight, I just arrived in Pittsburgh. Tonight's my 18th game in 18 nights in 18 cities. So I think I've seen more than my fair share of playoffs. That was as well played as any game I've seen. You know, Pierre, I thought uh, we're all talking about Kerry Price. I thought he had a very good game. I think he all played Tuka Rask. But even with that, I still felt like there was opportunities missed, whether it was Krug not pulling the trigger or Milan Luch kind of swinging and missing or guys missing the net. But Price was still – he was still very good and obviously good enough to win. Well, we tried to build on that theme last night during our broadcast, Lou, about missed chances for the uh, Boston Bruins, and in particular the second period, the power play one-timer for Jerome McGinley, not once but twice, and I'm still convinced the second time when he had the rebound off the first one-timer that almost he was trying to be too fine with trying to pick a corner, he just missed the net. Um, same thing, I think, with Milan when he flubbed that uh, one-timer when he's on the right-hand side of the ice with the cross-crease feed, you think about David Krejci in twice alone, once in the uh, overtime period and once in the second period. I mean, he didn't go down. Uh, the goal post by Dougie Hamilton, the crossbar later on in the game by Louis Erickson. <laughs> there were more than enough missed chances, right. but I think this bodes well for a long playoff series. See, you say missed chances, PR. I thought, and I think you mentioned this on the broadcast last night, that at one point in that game, Carey Price got into the heads of the Boston Bruins. They tried to get, make every perfect shot, every yep. perfect pass, instead of just putting it on net. I know you said that. Did you hear any of the Bruins coaching staff employing their guys not to overthink and just put the puck on this guy? They, I kept hearing them say, just shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Don't be too cute. Shoot the puck. Now, here's the one thing. I, we, I remember when Dominic Kashuk was really in his halcyon days in the league. Um, and I remember talking with Scotty Bowman before my team went up to play him, and, and Scotty said the one thing teams do a lot when they get against a good goalie, they try to pick corners or overpass rather than just shoot the puck. He said make the guy work. Maybe he's not as good as you think, but if you miss the net, you never force him to make a save. If you overpass and you allow the defense to catch up, it's a, good, uh, it's a great theory. I think it works, and the biggest thing is an example of that is Milan Lucic made such a slick play at one point to Tory Krug, I believe, and Krug had almost a wide-open net, but he decided to hold on, hold on, hold on, rather than just shoot the puck, and it made for an easier save for a price. So I think one of the big uh, agendas, I think, for the Bruins going into game two tomorrow afternoon is to shoot the puck from anywhere and just get to the net. You know, one of the keys, too, coming into the series, you talked about, you know, obviously the Montreal speed, but that really play, pays dividends. When you turn the puck over, which is exactly what led to a couple of goals with Krug mishandling that pass, and David Krejci just uncharacteristic. I don't know what he was doing on that bullion uh, goal itself, but a couple costly turnovers. I mean, again, the closing speed of the Canadians is vastly underrated. People that don't see them a lot don't understand. There's two things about the Canes. Everybody knows about Carey Price. Two things people don't know about the Canadians that are really important. One, they're extremely quick. Two, they have a huge amount of character. 
much greater than ever before. You saw it with Dale Weiss. You saw it with Brandon Prush. You saw it with Travis Mullen last night. Their character IQ or quotient is a lot higher than people give them credit for. And that's why I think this will be a long series. And I know the Bruins know it's going to be a long series and a hard series. They're aware of it as a team. There's a lot to talk about with this, but I'll follow up on, you mentioned Moen and and, uh, some new pieces to this team, Pierre. I I feel like the the Canadians, the last two years, their general manager has built this team and and added pieces with the Bruins in mind. That They had skill, they had speed, they had to add that next level. Like Travis Moen, who was a big-time part of a Stanley Cup back in the day. Do you believe that? Do you think Montreal went about building their team with the Bruins in mind the last 24 months? No question. I can tell you, I was in the general manager search. I was a runner-up for the job, and the one thing I told them is you have to get back to doing things the Canadian's way, and you have to be prepared to play against Pittsburgh and Boston. If you're not prepared to do that, you're not going to have success. So you got to get bigger, you got to get tougher, and you have to build your character within your organization. That's why they went and got Dale Weiss in a trade with Vancouver. That's why they went out and signed Brandon Press as a free agent. Uh, Travis Mullen is a kid that comes over as a free agent from San Jose, very important player on that team. That's why they brought Frankie Bouillon back, who scored a huge goal for them. He's not a great player. He's a great character, and he's a guy that's capable of playing. So, no, Mark Bergevin has done a fantastic job there. He got the team back on track because he realized how great the Boston Bruins are. He realized how good the Pittsburgh Penguins are, and he needed a match pace with those guys. Pierre, I can't remember the last time I saw uh, Tuka Rask get beat five-hole. Uh, what did you think of his performance last night? Um, I think Tuka said it best. I don't have to jump on and pile on. I'm sure people are piling on. But then again, I remember after game one in the Detroit series, everybody was ripping him for the Datsuk goal, which was a thing of beauty. And he said, well, maybe I should have had it. You know, Tuka's harder on himself than any fan could ever be or any newspaper reporter could ever be. He knows he needs to be better. Um, he wasn't good enough last night, and I think he'll have a huge bounce back. And I'm not surprised that uh, he's as honest and as open as he is because he doesn't doubt his abilities at all. And when you don't doubt your ability, you're not afraid to say when you make a mistake or you're not on top of your game. He wasn't on top of his game last night. Pierre McGuire, NBC Sports. I'll put you on the spot then. We had a conversation with uh, Montreal Radio last hour, and, and the conversation led to they would not trade Carey Price straight up for Tuka Rask. I know we saw... Two different performances last night, Pierre. Overall, who's the better goaltender, Rask or Carey well, Price? It's, you can't really answer who's better because they're both different, and, and they really are. They both have virtually the same pedigree when it comes up through winning, especially uh, the World Junior level. Tuka Rask was goalie of the World Junior in Vancouver in 06. Carey Price stole the show uh, in 07 in Lexan, Sweden. He was unbelievable for the Canadians to win a gold medal. Um, then you look at the Olympics. If it's not for RAS, Finland probably doesn't get a bronze medal. You're talking about apples and oranges in terms of population base. And the Canadians win a gold this year. So uh, their, their, their pedigrees are similar when it comes to winning. They play different styles. So it depends on the kind of style that you want to have. Uh, I, I like both styles. The one thing I think Kerry does better than Tuca, he handles a puck. The one thing I think Tuca does better than Kerry is uh, he challenges a little bit more. Carries a bigger guy and sits a little deeper, but I think Tuca comes out and challenges a little bit more and so probably a little bit quicker than Carey Price. Pierre Mapakowski had a rough game, um, and I think that uh, even even the turnover to uh, Pekanitz that didn't turn into a goal in overtime, right. but it could have been very costly. Do you start thinking about Mazaros, or is just a lack of mobility kind of created a bad matchup for him maybe against his team? 
Um, you know, I think, again, everybody's going to overreact to the one game. I understand everybody's mad because they lost. I heard the fans when they were leaving the building last night not happy. It's, it's a hard loss. It's an emotional loss. It's against a dreaded rival. Um, I wouldn't overreact, but the one thing with Matt, and I think this is something that's always been there for him, when he's the last guy back with the puck, he's got to make better decisions. I think he knows that. The coaches, I hear them tell him all the time, Dougie Huda's done a good job with that entire defense core. Um, but he's got to be better. He's got to just be a little bit more responsible with the puck. If you need to put Mazaros in, I wouldn't worry about his speed or lack thereof. Andre's a pro. He knows how to play, and he's played against the Canes a ton over time just because of his days in Ottawa in particular. I, I spent a couple days uh, on the air, Pierre, concerned about Vanek and what he was going to bring to this Montreal team. Hmm. Uh, he was invisible last night, and I think as you pointed out, he was off the first line and with the fourth line. Is this guy hurt, Pierre, or was that just a demotion based on – getting no shots actually on net during his 18 minutes in game one. Well, he wasn't bringing it last night. Now, he could explode at any time, but I think Boston did a good way take or a good job taking away his space early on, but I really do. But the one thing is with him, it doesn't take a lot. He just needs one or two quality chances, and he can make a difference in a series. So that's something that you have to pay attention to uh, when you're playing against him. The biggest thing to me is Michel Perry is not going to mess around. He does have guys that are capable of playing, and if aren't, guys aren't going to pull the rope in the right direction, he'll just sit them down. He's not afraid to do that. That's the biggest difference, I think, with the Canadians from maybe two or three years ago compared to now. They have more depth. They have more character, and the coach isn't afraid to sit guys down. He's not going to play uh, based on uh, what your name is or what your number is or what your contract size is going to play on whether you're good enough to play or not. You know, we look at that game, we say, well, they lost the game. The goaltending uh, wasn't good enough, and they made some costly uh, mistakes, costly turnovers. But what I'm glad that we're not talking about is the referees, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I – I don't think anyone's bitching about the calls. I thought they were okay, and I think that's something that I was fearing coming into it, but no discussion of that, Pierre. What would you think of the game the way it was called? I thought it was fair. thought it was good. I mean, people don't like the penalty at the end, uh, Bartkowski. Uh, you can't, I made the comment before the actual penalty. Uh, I said, okay, the Bruins had one shorthand or one time where they were shorthanded in overtime. It was a pie penalty. It was a justified call. You wouldn't want to see that. I mean, it was a trip. But I said if another scoring chance is taken away, they're going to call that, whether it's against the Canadians or whether it's against the Bruins. If it's anything else but that, I don't think they would call it. That's what I said. And, you know, that's the biggest thing, I think, is a scoring chance denied. Now, was it a glorious scoring chance? No, but was it a scoring chance denied, and did he wrap them up? Yeah, he did. So the referee interpreted it that way. I didn't think the refs were an issue last night. I really didn't. Pierre, we saw a shot where I think it was Eller and uh... Uh, Marshan, right in front of you, basically, you know, going back and forth. I'm going to ask you yeah. to, to talk about that, but also you've been in front of a lot of these Bruins Canadians games. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, one being you know hugs and handshakes, ten being all out uh, anger. Where did last night's on the ice back and forth rank on that scale? What'd you think of Eller and Marshan right in front of you? Well, that one was probably the highest one in terms of percolation. <laughs> uh, Eller, Eller would be making a mistake because that's just not his thing, um, messing with Brad. But, uh, again, Eller's a useful player, very good on face-offs, good penalty killer, very excellent speed. Um, in terms of the overall game, that was probably a seven in Ooh. terms of animosity level. I don't think it was high enough, to be honest, in terms of animosity level. Hold on. You, you want more animosity in game two in the afternoon, <laughs> Pierre? Yeah, absolutely. That's what you have to have. What, what, do you expect that? I mean, do you expect what do you, yeah, game two? Yeah, I do. I think, that, I think the Bruins will get mad, just like they did against Detroit in their second game. 
I think the Bruins will get mad and they'll go out and they'll push back, which is fine. That's the way they're supposed to play. And I think Montreal will try to do what Detroit did and not respond. And Detroit did in game two, if you remember, and that really helped swing the series. Pierre, last one for me. What's the one thing, you know, as a, as a guy who's been uh, on the coaching side of it, what's the one thing Montreal did that if you're a Bruins coach today, yeah, I won't say concerned is the word, but you are focused in on and say, if we don't correct that and uh, what they did to us there, we're in trouble in this series. You have to overplay on Subban on the power play. They tried, but the lost faceoff on the second goal, the Subban goal, was tough. But you got to get in the lane on him all the time. You almost have to overplay on him and dare Markov, who's a left-hand shot on the left-hand side of the ice. You have to almost dare Markov to try to beat you from a bad angle uh, or with a pass. That's number one. Number two, Canadians track the puck in the back check and block shots as well as anybody. They're just really good at that, so you're going to have to find a way to change your approach uh, when you're coming up the ice, you either have to make a quick, hard play on goal or you have to develop a cycle game and make jam plays at the net. You're not going to get a lot of pucks in from the point. And the, that's one thing that I thought hurt Boston. Their defensemen shoot the puck so well. You saw Krug score a goal, Boychuk score a goal, but usually they get a lot more shots from the back end, especially from Chara. Pierre, tremendous stuff. Your 18th game in 18 days tonight, Pittsburgh and Rangers the other side. Uh, of the Eastern Conference. We appreciate the time. Travel safe this weekend. We will talk to you next week. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get to Boston for tomorrow's game, too. I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy it. You too, Pierre. Tomorrow will be 19 games in 19 days for this guy. Frequent flyer miles, right? Madman. Marriott points. Uh, Pierre is brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment, by UMass Online, and by Clark Chrysler Jeep. 617-779-7937, the phone number.